Hey, thanks, Russell. Um, I shared with Russell a few weeks, months, whatever ago, uh, what I want to share tonight. And let me just, by way of introduction, say this. What I'm about to share is completely outside of my frame of comfort, expertise, whatever. Um, if we want to talk about the strategic approach to reach China, India, whatever, I got it covered. I mean, that's my world I live in. Uh, the missions world is what I live, breathe, eat, and sleep. This topic, however, um, really comes out of a place of personal journey, conviction. So let me just say, as I share tonight, it's kind of me just having dialogue with you uh, regarding a place I feel God has me at and something I'm just navigating through, okay? So it's not a teaching and instruction. So I don't propose to say I'm the most qualified individual on the topic, and I'm certainly not called daily to go speak at men's conferences on the topic. So that being said, um, let me say this. I want to talk about fatherhood, and, and I'll give you the context of where this came from. Um, I'm a new dad, first time dad. My son is uh, 15 or 16 months old. Um, and so in this journey of being a new dad, um, I started asking myself a lot of questions, right? I, I want to be a good dad. I don't want to fail. How do I make sure I raise my son in a way that just measures up to this thing called fatherhood? And I think sometimes we ask those questions when we are where I'm at. But then we kind of navigate through life and we no longer ask these questions. So even if tonight is just a time to re-ask some questions of ourselves, to do a little bit of introspection about fatherhood, I think it's a healthy exercise, if nothing else. That being said, I'm super happy my dad's with me tonight. My dad, Tienz, is here with me. My dad, um, I don't say this just, you know, very... You know, Russell talks about the weight. I say this with weight. My dad, honestly, is my best friend. Outside of my wife, from a male perspective, my dad's my best friend. I want to hang out with my dad. I choose to hang out with my dad. Whatever we do, my dad's the first person I call when I want to do something. So we have a very healthy father-son relationship. But that certainly didn't come out of a history of my dad treating me like a student. And so where this topic came from, last year I was in South Africa at a conference for leaders. And many of the leaders that attended this conference were just off the charts individuals, people, men I look at as fathers in the faith. And a, a couple of them that have impacted me in a very significant way on a personal level and that I would call some of my spiritual fathers. And uh, the topic of the conference was rethink. So let's rethink church. Let's rethink missions. Let's rethink a lot of these things that we as church leaders engage in. And so I was slotted to speak on rethinking missions. How do we redesign missions and all this kind of stuff? But as the conference went along, the environment was such where we had a lot of around the fire type of just hangout time. And I heard these leaders, these men that were fathers, start echoing things like this, saying, you know, we've done well in ministry. We've been in ministry for 
decades, and we feel a sense of accomplishment. But we're at this place where we don't know what the next season of life looks like. How, where are the sons? Have we raised up sons? And, and they, they all of a sudden started articulating this immense burden that they felt. And it wasn't just one, several of them started saying, we just, this unknown thing of fatherhood, how do we measure it? And as I sat there and started listening to this go on day after day, I got madder and madder and madder. Because as they continued to talk, I started to feel less like a son. Here were men that I looked at as fathers. I regarded them as fathers to me. But the, they, the way they were talking was like, we don't have sons. And so finally I spoke up and I said, you know, uh, I, I hate this discussion. I said, I hate what you guys are talking about. I said, look around you, man. You have 30 sons sitting here, drawing from you, and you're talking like you have no sons? What are you talking about? We are your sons. You have imparted. How, why can you not see that? And this dialogue started developing and, and we as sons started having dialogue with these fathers. And they said, what you're talking about has, in a sense, unveiled our eyes. And they said, this is so healthy for us. And so what I want to talk about is this issue of fatherhood that I think has become a topic that is so convoluted, unattainable, um, you know, it's been talked about to shreds and we no longer know what fatherhood is. And I think it is such a simple thing. And there's a moment in tonight that I think um, is just what I want to share with you out of this journey that I had at this conference with these men that I consider spiritual fathers um, that I want to talk to you about. So the first thing I want to say is I'm a very simple guy. So the fact is all men are designed to be fathers. Period. So this is how simple it gets. The dictionary says a father is this, a male parent, okay? So I, mean, I, I think if we can just even rest there, there is so much freedom in just the, the dialogue of fatherhood if we just take some pressure off ourselves because there's too much talk about the idea of fatherhood. It's become a work-driven mentality, I personally see men working so hard to attain this badge of fatherhood that they exhaust, frustrate, depress themselves in the process. They just don't know, how, when do I know I, I got this fatherhood thing down? We even hear the terms of this is the fatherless generation. Or you have many teachers but no fathers. You know, we, we hear all these things being said. And I think... It's vernacular that the enemy has put in our midst to rob men from the simple reality of you are a father. Just walk in it. Stop defining it. Stop trying to figure it out. Just live it. And so the lies that I believe we see in society, either subconsciously or consciously, the majority of societies. Fatherhood is a vague concept. We can't really grab it. 
Fatherhood is unattainable. And then we have bought into the secular definition as for fatherhood, we ascribe many primary values of teachers, mentors, and educators to be the benchmark of fathers. When we want to define fatherhood, we talk about mentorship and education. And so fathers become teachers and sons become uh, students. And then we wonder why there is a heart disconnect. So this is what I want to say. All teachers are not fathers. All mentors are not fathers. But all fathers are mentors and teachers. And so if we just kind of deliver ourselves of the pressure of being teachers and mentors and just become fathers, we'll end up becoming teachers and mentors. And so, before I get into some of the dialogue questions that I want to just to, to work through, I want to say this fatherhood to me is like salvation in this regard. It is not works-based. Our salvation is not works-based even though our works affirm it. Your fatherhood is not works-based, but your works as a father will affirm your fatherhood. Does that make sense? Um, And so the challenge tonight is how do you know that you are a great father? What does success in fatherhood look like? And so I believe the the freedom in understanding fatherhood is in first understanding sonship. So, how many sons are in the room? Okay, if your hand's not up, you may want to really think about the question. The Bible says, uh, the Bible, the dictionary says, a son is a male child. If you're a male, you're a son. I would like to say it differently, but let's just leave it there. Okay, if you're a man, you're a son, period. Okay, so let me, so this is the moment at this conference where I'm confronting this, these fathers, and I said to them this, I said, what did you have to do to become a son? What? Nothing. I mean, you had to be born, period, okay? Breathe, okay, you're a son. Number two, Do your actions change the fact that you are a son? I mean, even if you're a criminal, it doesn't change the fact that you're a son. Good or bad actions, you're a son, period. Okay? So then comes the more profound or pressing question. That So all of us, how many feel they knock it out of the park as a father? I mean, okay? Very few hands, okay? How many feel they have a pretty good idea what it means to be a son? I think all of us. I mean, all of us can say, no, I'm not talking about have you been fathered. I'm asking you the son question. I mean, can you recognize your sonship? I mean, do you recognize you're a son of somebody? Okay. 
So here's the question that I want you to think about for a second and maybe give me some feedback. What do you, as a son, want from a father, your father? Now, for some of you, this will come from a place of unfulfilled expectation. I wish my dad would have done this, 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 this. And this is the moment, because I'm going somewhere with this. For some of you, it comes out of a healthy place of, man, my, I remember my dad did this with me. My dad did that with me. For me, I mean, I remember to this day, growing up in South Africa, my dad was a, a, a rugby player in South Africa. And when our team played overseas, there was a time difference. Sometimes it was 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. I was eight, nine years old. My dad would wake me up 2 o'clock in the morning to come and watch rugby with him while the Springboks were playing in New Zealand against the All Blacks. I mean, I remember those things. I have fond memories of my dad and I doing stuff, you know. So what is it for you? So I, I don't necessarily know the form of the net, but I think this is that moment, right, Russell, where we, we kind of maybe have some dialogue. So maybe a couple of you throw stuff out. What's important to you as a son in relation to a father? What do you want from a dad? Present. Yeah, to be present. Spend time together. Guidance. Sorry? Acceptance. Somebody to listen. Value. Be positive. Dude, you guys are hitting several things on my list. That's awesome. Wisdom. What else? Affirmation. That's huge. Strength. Leadership. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, as a son, I mean, I think we do want that, right? I mean, on, on a fundamental level, we may not enjoy it, but we want it, right? Love. To be a model. Guidance. I think we had that. What's that? Okay. So what I had on my list, and, and you, part of the exercise at the end of tonight, I think, you need to make two lists. This is the first one. Because in each one of us, I don't care if you're 90 or if you're 20, there's an eight-year-old somewhere in each one of us. I can prove it to you. I can take all of us right now outside to go play flag football, and some 14-year-old knucklehead will emerge in each one of us, thinking we can do the things we used to do back then, and half of us will end up in the ER because of it, right? Because somewhere in us, there's that 8-year-old boy, that 14-year-old boy, that still, there's a son in each one of us. I don't care if, you're, if you had 20 kids, there's still that son inside of you, right? And so what I had on my list, I'm just going to say quickly because you guys mentioned most, and, and the list goes on and on. I just said access, acceptance, 
affirmation, alone time, counsel, friendship, favor, inclusion, intimacy, safety, space, time, wisdom, opportunity. And so here's what I want to tell you. If you can tell me what you desire from a or your father, from a father or your father, then you just articulate it to yourself what your sons and daughters want from you. And this is that moment at the conference where I get so upset with these guys. And, and you're going to meet one of them this year. I don't mind using his name, Alan Platt. He's going to speak at New Life Church in September. One of the greatest leaders I probably know on the planet, and I've been to over 50 countries, that has impacted my life in a profound way. But this is what Alan does. He lives in South Africa. I live in America. Three o'clock, my time is midnight, his time. I'm sitting in my office, and he calls me on Skype. Hey, Rian, I'm about to go to bed. Just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. What's up? How's your day going? And so at this conference, I said, Alan, what are you talking about? You give me access. You give me time. You affirm me. All these things that's on my list, you knock them out of the park. So I feel like a son. How do you look around and say, I see no sons? And it's because you made a list that has nothing to do with my value as a son. And it has everything to do with your expectation of legacy. And so there's this moment with these leaders sitting there where we as sons just say to them, stop treating us like your asset to leave your legacy behind. Love us like sons and you'll have your legacy. But the list we as fathers make looks something like this. What do fathers want from sons? Obedience. Reproduction of some sort. You know, either grandkids or a reproduction of the family business or a continuation. Development. They want legacy. They want excellence. They want honor. They want to be proud. They want to capture their lost dreams that they never got to fulfill. And they want to live vicariously through their sons or daughters. And I said, the reason, Alan, you guys do not see the sons around you is because you're struggling with how do I leave a legacy. And yet you have 30, 40 sons sitting around you feeling disconnected from you. Because you don't recognize that you've fathered us all along. And so I started wrestling with these questions in my own context with my son. Saying, am I going to impose upon Isaiah my lost dreams? Or am I just going to say, hey buddy, what do you want from me? And I know what he wants from me because it's what I want from that man sitting right there. I know what I want as a son. And it's because my dad gives me what I want. It has helped me understand how to give my little boy exactly what he wants. So the demand fathers place on themselves and on sons are not the same as the demand sons place on themselves and on fathers. So I, I, 
finished with this before we talk about the two lists. Sons that are treated like sons want to be obedient. They want to be instructed. They want to be mentored. They want to leave a legacy behind. They want to make their dads proud. They do all things with excellence and they want to honor their fathers. And so if you're a dad, I'm just on behalf of sons, I'm telling you, just treat us like sons. Don't treat us like a commodity. You're a son, man. And the secret of fatherhood lies in the understanding of sonship. And so I shared this with Russell. I just said, man, this is part of the stuff I'm struggling through, you know. I'm speaking out of a place of journey, of vulnerability, of non-achievement, um, not hitting it out of the park, and said, man, Russell, let's just dialogue some of this stuff, you know, because we all want to be good dads, right? So part of the, maybe the, what we can do, I, th- I don't know how this flows, but I think part of what we can do that's a healthy list exercise is this. We all know how to be sons, right? So make your sons list. What do I need from the perfect dad? Write those 10 things down. And maybe we'll talk at our tables a little bit about this because you'll probably find similar things on each other's lists. Put that list completely aside and then put on your dad hat. And say, really, as a father, I have some desires, right? Don't, don't knock the desires you have as a father. That's not what I'm saying. So then make your father list. And say, as a dad, this is what I want from my kids. If my kids did this, they will make me feel like I'm a great dad, that I've succeeded, blah, 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 blah. What does that list look like for you? And I think that list is going to be a lot more subjective. And then you put those two lists together and you see if there's anything on that. It's like snap, right? Snap! It's on this one and on that one. It's not. You're, I will be shocked if you find one thing that's the same on both lists. But then maybe file away the list of your fatherly expectations. Put that in the safe. Bury it. Bring it out at the end of every year, maybe. But take the list of what does it mean to be a son and let that be your roadmap on how to engage with your children. And when you reflect at the end of the year on the list that was in the safe or in the closet, I want to almost guarantee you your expectations of a fa- as a father of as a father are going to be met because you treated your children like sons and daughters. So Russell, that's what I got in the tank, man. So okay, 